Call the police. Tell the sheriff I shot him. Who? Tell him he's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> <laughs> So all the Halloween movies here, yes. synopsis and reviewed. Yes. So we will start off with the OG Halloween. Well, we were because we. T- I mean, basically that quiz really just hit mostly on Halloween, which was released October twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight, and it was directed by John Carpenter, and the screenwriter was Carpenter and Deborah Hill. And uh, yeah. I can't say enough that this movie just was the ultimate slasher that really inspired more slasher movies to come. What well, sort of started the whole genre. Right, yeah, I agree. It's just like, because uh, Friday the 13th wasn't until 1980, the first one, right? That's right. And would you call Texas Chainsaw Massacre slasher? I mean, that was more of this, like, the last house on the left kind of vibe that it had going on. Yeah, it had more of a 70s vibe. Yeah, that, I would put sort that Sort of a su- survivalist movie kind of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in the slasher, even though Leatherface is on that, uh, what we always call the, the Mount Rushmore of horror slashers. I think Leatherface we always put up there. Or he's on that rotating fourth. But, yeah, John, and, and again, John Carpenter's music, I mean, he really... And it talked about, again, in the documentary, I mentioned a million times already. It's just like it gave so many people a career and it created an entire genre. Uh, But then we jump, you know, they were showing it annually and then they jumped in October 30th, 1981. They made an official sequel, Halloween 2, that takes place, I guess that's later that night because she ends up, she's in the hospital. Right? Yeah. I heard John Carpenter didn't want to make this movie and he actually wrote it in one night. Yeah, and because he actually him and Deborah Hill looked like they both get writing credit for, for part two as well. But I, I don't know. This was one of the ones like I know people have a lot of throwaway sequels, but I'm with Joe Bob Briggs. I don't think this was a bad sequel. I think that they did a really good job at, as far as like connecting it to the first one, making it still feel fresh, like it didn't feel like they were going back to the well. Well, it's got the John Carpenter DNA in it because it's got he wrote it. It's got his score and it's got, um, you know, it, he's he's on it. He was on the show. So I think that that one remains part of the videography yeah and he and they had the great artwork and he still had the music but yeah you're right it looks like here it was just like he was reluctant to uh so he gave the directing rights over because he wasn't sure was it tommy he, lee wallace no no was, he was tommy lee wallace who's in that documentaries in three this was rick rosenthal uh, oh twist he also directed halloween resurrection i believe uh correct yes that is correct he is the director of halloween resurrection in 2002 they went back to the will uh what was the ending because it looks like halloween 2 they had a cliffhanger ending right no i think he gets blown up let's see loomis and laurie struggle run into an operating room where he gives her the marshall's gun before being stabbed by Michael Laurie shoots Michael in both eyes, blinding him. As he staggers around trying to find them, the two fill the room with flammable gas. Laurie, Loomis orders Laurie to run before igniting the gas 
molting himself and Michael in an explosion. Laurie watches as Michael, engulfed in flames, emerges from the fire before finally collapsing. Next morning, she's transferred to another hospital, traumatized but alive. Okay, yeah, so I guess that they try to make that a clean cut ending that he was done and he was dead because he kind of got burned alive and they had yeah, the... Yeah, I don't uh, think uh, John Carpenter wanted to do it anymore. They had the Monster Squad moment, you know, where Van Helsing went, gave the thumbs up and that was Loomis giving Laurie the thumbs up that it's okay that you just sucked us into a fiery void. You know, that movie starts off kind of weird, though. There's a part, well, you know, the part where it sort of picks up from the end of Halloween 1? Yes. And uh, Loomis is, like, running down the street in that neighborhood, and he's like, call the police, call everyone, call everyone. <laughs> and then the guy's like, what's the, I don't, the guy comes out and says something, and he's like, what happened? Did somebody die? And Loomis is like, you don't know what death is. <laughs> and the music starts right there. And it's not a great line. It's not clever, or, you know, it doesn't, you don't, you don't even know what it means, but... Yeah. It sort of kicks off. Let's see if I can find that real yeah, quick. Yeah, he was just annoyed. <laughs> He's just like, you don't know what death is. He was annoyed. Yes, he was annoyed. Uh, but he, again, he, he made a, a few appearances, and we'll go through these there. But yeah, we that, need a Google intern. We do. All right, we have Halloween 2. So next up, we had Halloween 3. Tell the police. Season- Tell the sheriff I shot him. <laughs> Tell him he's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> <laughs> and they added like a, they added something to this video. It's like guys cheering. Ah oh, man, I love YouTube. That's great. Hold on, let's hear that again. Yes, let's do it again. Let's hear that again. Hold on. They added like, dude. <laughs> Man, I love YouTube. Oh, man. The internet wins again. What a burn. (laughs) Treated to death. You don't know what death is. Oh! Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, and then we had three seasons of which we talked about it, and that's when they started to move towards the anthology. Then you had the Silver Shamrock. I don't, I mean, I think, did Carpenter do the score? They were the. They were definitely the producers. The first film to be written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. He was part of the first one. Carpenter and Hill, the creators, returned as producers. It's the only entry that doesn't show Michael Myers. So, again, I think this one is getting a lot more love as time goes on. But it's got Tom Atkinson, which is more important. Yeah, it does have Tom Atkinson's. I mean, this was like a, a legit attempt to get into the anthology business, and I think it was a good entry. I mean, look, the budget was only two point five million, and it made fourteen million domestic. So, would you call that a failure? I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. They just people were hungry for slasher films. You know. I think we were just, the folks were not at the point where they could understand how this could work. And it would have worked. Maybe John Carpenter was too early, you know? He's yeah. born too early. But this could have worked. You just had to think of it a different way. If It should have, it would have been, had they done this today, it would have been something like, no, this one's called Season of the Witch, and it takes place on Halloween. Yeah. But um, it's a completely different story. But eventually, Tom Atkinson crossed paths with Michael Myers. Oh, man. Next yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they can do that now and it would still work. And I think this, uh, the, the movie going universe is a lot more savvy and prepared for these like shared universes and the crossovers than they were back then. But yeah, absolutely. He could have had his own story and then they could have crisscrossed because it was in the same universe, right? Kind Very of like Maine with Stephen King, where everything is in that town. And then Hulu had that show where they're all these Stephen King stories were there. They could have done that. They today. Although in that movie, there's a scene where they're watching Halloween one on TV. 
Oh, there was. Yeah, there's a scene oh, where man, they're actually tr- watching Hollywood one. Oh, that's see, that's trippy right there. But I feel like that's uh, Tarantino does that, where he's just like these uh, characters in my film were are watching these other films that I made. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen Season of the Witch. But, uh, next up, we had Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. Uh, so let's go. To, I don't remember much. So the producers were like, "Screw all your anthology shit. We're just put the guy in the mask." And give him a knife and film it. Yep, and this was 1998 American Slasher, directed by Dwight H. Little, written by Alan B. McElroy. They got Donald Pleasance back. Uh, he's, I think he's in it all the way to six, right? Yeah. The fourth installment in the franchise, it follows Michael Myers returning to Haddonfield after being a, in a coma to kill his niece, Jamie Lloyd, the daughter of Laurie Strode, with the former psychiatrist Sam Loomis again pursuing him. Budget was $5 million, and it made $17 million in 88, so slasher films were still like, right? It was late 80s, so it was all still going strong. Yeah. Anything memorable about that? I remember that was the introduction. That was the one with the little girl, right? Right, yeah. And she wore the uh, clown costume kind of similar to him. So I feel like that that, one had a big twist ending. It did, right? Because I feel like that's when eventually the goal was that they were going to try to take this niece and they were going to turn her into like a new Michael Myers. That was the idea. Yeah. I don't think they actually stuck with that. Let's see the ending. Uh, Loomis and Sheriff Meeker take the girls where Darlene and Richard, I don't know them, console the traumatized children. Darlene goes upstairs to run a bath for Jamie. She's suddenly attacked. Loomis goes to see what happened. He finds an emotionless Jamie holding a pair of bloody scissors on the top of the stairs, reminiscent of Michael when he killed his own sister. Loomis screams no repeatedly as he attempts to shoot Jamie, but Sheriff Meeker stops him. Loomis sinks to the floor and begins sobbing as Rachel, Richard, and Meeker stare in horror. So I guess Jamie went right in for the kill, right? And yeah. Try to be the new Michael Myers. That's one of the ones they always play on Fear Fest uh, on AMC. And the Return. It's uh, one of the. Well, I mean, I guess it's okay, but I feel like it's one of the lesser ones. Yeah, for that's sure. part of the uh, Paul Rudd trilogy. Next up, Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers. That's one year later in 1989. Budget was five million, and it made eleven. As we found out later, that was the lowest grossing. But it had Donald Pleasanton's back. It follows serial killer Michael Myers, who again returns to Haddonfield to murder his niece, who's traumatized from his previous attack on her has been institutionalized following her attempt to murder her foster mother. And I think this is the one when they had, when they start to like, we're going to get into what makes Michael evil, right? Let's jump to the end. This one had the twist ending of the cult. Yeah, Jamie goes back inside to investigate and finds the station destroyed from an explosion along with Meeker and several other dead police officers. Jamie discovers Michael's cell is empty and the back door of the police station broken open, causing her to break down in tears. She realized Michael's free again to continue terrorizing. Uh, so yeah, I guess this is the one where he, he gets a little help. Oh, she, this Michael finds Jamie and attempts to kill her, but he stops when Jamie addresses him as uncle. <laughs> uncle, uncle, <laughs> uncle Michael. Yeah, Michael. Jamie touches his face and he goes into a fit of rage and chases her again. Oh yeah, here it is. So one of the officers goes to bring Jamie home when a mysterious man in black who has been searching for Michael arrives and causes the explosion at the police station. So this is when they start to get into that cult was like bringing Michael, and I guess that's what they're going to lead to that she was going to be the next version of Michael, or she was going to be the sacrifice. I think she was going to be the new Michael Myers. Yeah, I think that was the lead-in. All right, and then we jump to 
the curse of Michael Myers was 1995, so six years passed. So, yeah, so it was somewhat of a, a cliffhanger a little bit because he escaped through the prison. Yeah, at the end, uh, he gets freed by the cult guys. Yeah. So that's where we meet them for the first time. And then it jumps ahead, and then we never see what's going to get until uh, we get the uh, the Paul Rudd version in there because this is the curse of Michael Myers. It's, it was Donald Pleasant's final ap- film appearance. Oh, his final film appearance, period. He wasn't in anything else. Paul Rudd in the sixth installment and concludes with the... Th- Concludes the Thorn Trilogy. They call it the Thorn Trilogy. Do you know that story arc established in four? thought it was the Paul Rudd Trilogy. Yeah, that's why I think we should go. Set six years after the events of five, the plot follows Michael Myers as he stalks the Strode family, cousins of Laurie Strode, in order to kill his last surviving relatives while Dr. Sam Loomis pursues him once more. The film also reveals the source of Michael's immortality and drives to kill it. So I think this is when people were like, they didn't want to know. They'd rather know that, think that just evil is just blank evil. He's not, there's not too much thought into it where now this is when they start to, it's like some kind of uh, cult curse. What year was that? This was 1995. But listen to this. After the film's home media release, the original work print of the film, which featured 45 minutes of alternative footage and a different ending, was discovered by fans of the series. This version, dubbed the producer's cut, developed a cult following with bootleg DVDs, copies sold on eBay, and online petitions targeting for an official release. In 2014, the producer's cut was officially released on Blu-ray. It was followed by... Halloween H2O in 1998, which uh, retconned the entire Thorn trilogy storyline of the previous three films and is instead of direct sequel to Halloween 2. I didn't know that there was a, a Snyder cut, basically, for The Curse of Michael Myers. I'd heard of that, yeah. Producer's cut. Yeah, it was... Apparently, uh, Renato was terrified of Michael Myers. <laughs> that was too early, what, not even today. Michael scares the shit <laughs> <laughs> Sounds that fun fact snuck into the com as a six year old. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was crazy about all the movies is they never got the mask. They could never get the mask right. No. After the first one, yeah, I don't they even struggled. think. I don't even think they had it in the sequel. No, they had, they really struggled. It was it was super clean. Like he had a great dry cleaner. Uh, but maybe, maybe that's where the budget went. It was, the budget was five million and it made fifteen million because I think people were curious about the Man in Black. Because it says six years later, Jamie gives birth to a baby and the man in black revealed to be the leader of the druid-like cult takes the child away. Later, the midwife helps Jamie escape with her baby, but Michael kills her. So yeah, this is when they really started getting in into the cult. How does this one end? Let's jump ahead. Tommy Doyle, which is Mark, uh, Paul Rudd, frees Kara as Michael, that must be the mom, pursues them through the sanitarium. They find Wynn and his team were about to perform a medical procedure on Danny and Stephen. Michael suddenly appears in turn against Wynn and the doctor killing all of them. Tommy and Carrick res- rescue the kids and Michael chases them into a lab where Kara notices fetuses from Wynn's failed experiment. Oh yeah, this is that's why I jumped the shark. Tommy injects Michael with corrosive and beats him unconscious with a lead pipe. Oh, okay, so there is... There is uh, there is history with Tommy and a pipe, because I feel like he had a pipe in this latest one, too. Tommy, Kara, and the child, children leave Smith's Grove while Loomis stays behind to take care of business. Inside, Michael's mask lies alone on the lab floor, and Loomis screams in the background, leaving their fates unknown. All right, so that's the, the revenge? Yeah, that, that, was, was the- that was the curse. So it looks like that was a, uh, the, that's when the retrocon peaked. 
began. So people were not a fan of the Rudd curse. So actually, it was only three years later, which surprises me. I thought it was much, much later. It was H2O 20 years later. And this is the one where they leapfrog and they said only one and two happened and the rest didn't happen. So that was the first time history was erased. And it had, uh, it was 1998, directed by Steve Marner. It got Jamie Lee Curtis back. Uh, got some of the 90s heartthrobs in there. Adam Arkin, Michelle Williams, and Josh Hartnett. And it was the seventh installment of the French retroconning the Jamie Lloyd story arc of the previous three H2O is a direct sequel to the first two films and follows a post-traumatic Laurie Strode who has faked her death in order to go into hiding from her brother Michael who finds her working at a private boarding school in California the budget was 17 million bucks and it's yeah still, I mean that was after, after Scream so they were that was when horror movies were or slasher movies were, were hip again and we talked about that earlier Michael reaches out to Laurie and they almost touch hands right before she decapitates him with a fire axe. So that should have been the end. But guess what? It wasn't because it brought back Rick Rosenthal, like you talked about from Halloween 2, who is Halloween Resurrection. And that was 2002. So we're into the 2Ks now. This Let's, one had a reality show gimmick. Right. Yeah. The fire film call. is a direct sequel to H2O and stars Busta Rhymes, Bianca Kalich Thomas, Ian Nichols, Sean Patrick Thomas, Tyra Banks was in it and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's, it follows Michael Myers continuing his murderous rampage in the hometown of Haddonfield when his old derelict childhood home is used for a live internet horror show. And I do remember, I just remember Buster Rhymes doing karate on Michael Myers. That was the gist of all I remember. He of does this. do karate on Michael Myers. Yeah, I feel like he just, like, I know karate. He's definitely got into show enough mode. And, uh, yeah, the budget was $15 million and it made $37. So they're still, it's still profitable. Even people not being happy with it, uh, it was still profitable. Although another sequel was planned to follow Resurrection, the next film in the franchise became Halloween the 2007 remake directed by Rob Zombie. So I think at that point, they just gave up going back to the well with Loomis and Jamie Lee and just straight up, we're just going to reimagine it. Uh, and that yeah. was in 2007. Right? Said, I don't let's know. Get, let's get a, some, a cool, edgy director to come here and do this. Yeah, in 2007, uh, Rob Zombie was doing I don't know if this was, uh, obviously he had already done House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't know if he did The Devil's Rejects by then. I remember it was a cool poster and it was like Evil Had a New Destiny, but I think they went to do, they wanted to go back and try to make another origin story. It said, working from Carpenter's advice to make the film his own way, Zombie chose to develop the film as both an origin story and a remake, allowing for more original content than simply refilming the same scenes. And despite mixed reviews, the film cost 15 million but went on to gross 80 because again it's got halloween in the title so there's no way you're going to not go see it and i actually did recast a few people so sam loomis was played by malcolm mcdowell in this and then scout taylor compton as laurie strode i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that uh rob zombie had a really hard time on that movie and it was like one of the worst experiences for him as far as filmmaking goes. Really? I thought it was okay. I mean, I think the some of the choices I, I, I just I didn't I couldn't get behind. I didn't like who they cast as Michael Myers. Yeah. I thought he was too big, you know? Like uh Yeah, he was kinda he, went over the top with the size there. Yeah, was he Michael the same Myers. guy who played like the guy who played Sabretooth possibly? Yeah, I think he was the guy who played Sabretooth, yep. The origin story stuff, I mean that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, they give it sort of a Jeffrey Dahmer vibe. He, like, kills animals and stuff, and he's twisted as a kid. But to me, that sort of takes away from the whole lore of the original was, like, 
We don't know why this kid killed his sister. I remember liking that first one, but I remember really disliking the second one, which came out two years later in 2009. That his version of Halloween Two, I did not dig. The second one is the, the second one is bonkers. Yeah, it's just it's like really bonkers. Like family is forever. It started getting into more of like a mystical Texas Chainsaw Massacre more than anything. I don't remember that thing. It must. I think it still made money. Yeah, I mean, budget was fifteen million and it made thirty nine million. Halloween two decided to focus more on the connection between Strode and Myers. The idea that they share similar psychological problems. He wanted the direct the sequel to be more realistic and violent than its two thousand seven predecessor. Which you know, again, they get into the Halloween and. It's the arguments coming out with the current one versus the original one, where it was just more of a, they called the original theater of the mind, you know, where it's just like your imagination was doing more. You weren't seeing it. You were thinking it. I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Loomis is trying to capitalize on the events, publishing a new book that chronicles everything that happened. Michael Myers continues his search for Lori so he can reunite with his sister. So that was 2009. But that was the end. I don't think that I'm surprised they didn't commit to a trilogy on that. Cause I, what's up podcast. <laughs> She's in for the Michael Myers trivia. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so yeah rob zombies halloween one and two kind of didn't land i thought it was a good idea at first but then when i saw it, i was like this is too it's too rob zombie-ish yeah. the, the dad's a drunk and the mom's a be- getting abused and they live in a trailer it's just kind of like uh i don't i don't know that this was the direction because it you know number one uh part one took place in the neighborhood that's what made it scary yeah the 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 weird house down the street from you right yeah not exactly. the trade not the trailer park that you drive by yeah it is like the first one i dug the second one didn't land and i think everyone agreed with that and then they let it rest and they let it rest for almost 10 years before now that brings us to 2018's trilogy which is going to be i don't know we'll call it the eastbound and down trilogy right the jason blum trilogy yeah the, it is definitely the blum house you got david gordon green and danny mcbride as the writers in there and then we get halloween which was 2018 halloween kills which came out this past weekend and then we're going to get halloween ends next year so we're going to get a full trilogy this one legit feels like star uh new hope empire strikes back i just don't want any ewoks and halloween ends but they definitely end halloween kills on that empire strikes back but halloween i I feel like they did they didn't nail it because even though it's the original in the trilogy this one they decided we're gonna skip all the other ones except halloween 1978 so this is the new halloween 2 it's like you need the internet to keep up with this And it also takes place in a hospital, just like the original Halloween 2. Yeah, Halloween I love the opening credits. They did the same pumpkin gimmick as Halloween 2. They did same font, and they dated the font as well, too, where I remember in Halloween 2018, it was the the pumpkin was kind of like the rotting pumpkin came back to life, where then this pumpkin was on fire, which obviously fire was a big part of like Halloween kills. But I remember like Halloween, everyone kind of laughed at it, the 2018 one, because you're like, this is taking place in real time, so he goes from 1978 to 2018 and now he's like an old guy but again i think this trilogy is picking up what loomis originally said he's more than a man he's evil you know so even though he's aged he still has this bizarre strength and this ability to take shots you know and and i feel like they they touched on it in halloween 2018 but they really drive it home in this one in halloween kills that it's just like he takes some blows and he just keeps coming he's like a dark man you know his sort of pain sensitivity has yes. been reduced 
Die, dark man, die. It was uh, it was the 2018 Halloween 2018. I thought it was solid. Yeah, well I, made, well directed, good sequel follow up, whatever sequel boot, sequel boot, whatever we call sequel, it. Sequel, yeah, I guess that would be what you'd call it. It's definitely a sequel boot. Yeah, just well made overall. I thought it was good. I liked it. I guess the only thing, and I guess that's this, I remember being taken back that it's just like in Halloween 2018, he let some kids live, but then he killed that kid in the car. And I was just like, it felt like it didn't match. But I mean, I guess that would be a shark, maybe not hungry at the time, but then hungry at the time. But he didn't he put like a kid like in a headlock and like snap his neck? Pretty sure he turned one guy into a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. So, I mean, this they definitely start to lean in towards towards the violence. But they get, uh, you know, obviously Laurie Strode is back. Will Patton is back. And they give that whole backstory to, you know, one of the officers from the original one. And then they really drive that home in Halloween Kills. But I, I like it. At least I think this one is going to work because Hollywood is learning that you have to have this except for Disney and sequel trilogies that if you're going to do something with mythology like this you better have it planned out for three films and yeah, tie it all together a, that's the case now. don't don't make this shit up as you go along so I, I definitely get the feeling that they're building towards a big crescendo you know and apparently the next one's going to have a big time jump it's going to jump to the present day okay yeah yeah, and I can get behind that because yeah this one was like similar to Halloween and Halloween 2 was like like later that night, I feel like this version of Halloween and Halloween 2 was also later that night, where it basically takes place when you saw at the end of Halloween in 2018, you know, let him burn, you know, because they trapped him in the basement and they were letting him burn. And you like, that was like alluding to, oh man, those, they're going to put the fire out and he's going to come back. And then that's exactly what happens. And so it was a good, it was a good continuation. And, but then they went into the new territory with Anthony Michael Hall as the new Tommy Doyle, as the new Paul Rudd. Overall, I, I, I mean, I really did dig it. It felt like it ended very much like Empire Strikes Back. Like, oh, crap. The You know, I feel like the bad guys won on this. I think folks were not digging it. Well, you got you to gotta think about it. 2018 to now, how much has the world changed since then, right? Yeah. So folks are different. Folks are right now are, are very sensitive. Yeah. There's folks out there that are sensitive to the fact that I'm saying they're sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a different. People were just, I have people on the internet which is not an actual place, but like they're just upset about a lot of it. And I'm like, it's, it's about a guy killing random innocent people. That's what the movie's about. And this is, you know, you know, it's the central, the, you know, the mid part of a trilogy. I think we've all come to, like you said, accept that the part two of a trilogy is usually a downer. Yeah. That's how they go. Yeah. And this is that I thought the, the kills are great. I, I think the thing that probably didn't go over for get over for a lot of people was the Jamie Lee Curtis and Will Patton stuff. She kind of spells out. She pretty much says the themes of the movie out loud and, uh, you know, lays it on pretty thick right on the nose. And yeah. they just left those conversations out. They should have talked about other stuff. Like they were talking about how they used to date for a while. That was good. Yeah, that was cool. I did like that. Like I did enjoy the, the backstory they gave to it. But the stuff with them sort of saying about how evil he was and how he's now he's turning us into the monster. Well, we, we get it. You didn't have to tell us that. We, we see it happening. Yeah. You know, we get the theme of the movie. We see where it's going. But I don't know. I don't know if that was a producer's note or what. It said, like, 
They're not going to understand what's going on. Make sure Jamie Lee Curtis says that we're the actual monster. Yeah, I mean, you run the risk in this one that it was just like, wait, is is Michael Myers the baby face? Are these all these people a bunch of assholes? He's a baby face by the end, right? Yeah, it almost... It almost so it's weird booking, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say... The writing could have been better, sure. But it's not bad. I don't know why people think it's bad. No, it's not bad by by any stretch. And and look, they they set up for the main event. They set up for exactly what you're going to expect. You're going to get the face-off between Laurie Stroud and Michael Myers. And this one feels like it's going to be the last one. Like, if we just read through all the Halloween ones, and it, I feel like they went back to the well with Michael and Loomis and, and Laurie. And I feel like this one legitimately does feel like it's going to be the last one. Until They're, the next one. Like, yeah, but how are, it, if they do, it's going to be have to be something completely different. They're going to have to Jurassic World versus Jurassic Park versus Jurassic World this, I think, at this point. I think they should Jason exit. Send them to cryo freeze them. And yeah, cryo freeze them. Send them to space. I'm send a, them to the future. I'm I'd a, like to see that movie. I'm a huge mark for that, so I, w- I would love to see that and see him go into space or into the future. It's a great franchise that you're going to revisit annually. So I, I think that's what it's going to always have a click. You know, we all we we enjoy our horror. Uh, I'm I'm of the mind of Wes Craven that horror movies don't create horror; they help you release fear. They don't create fear. So I and this is one that we're going to visit perennially like every year we're gonna go back and visit these movies so i even if they never make another one i mean we got a ton of installments that we can go back and review and enjoy so let's just again it's supposed to be entertainment so let's just enjoy it although it's you know it's entertainment of watching serial but it's it's fictional right it was like i'm not a mark for the ones that was like if there was like this michael myers was based on a real person uh, that that now that's a different discussion no! 